the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. A little forecasting going on here, first day of March. What do they say? March comes in like a lion. Right. And it goes out like a lamb. All right. I look forward to that. Do you not? Yeah, because I'm warming myself over my giant mug of hot water because I sleep cold. (laughs) You're keeping the lion at bay with some hot water. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm just cold, John. I'm cold today. Yeah, outside my spare room, there's uh, currently some snow flurries. Okay. But, you know, all things considered, March is good, right? We're we're like, boom, we're ready to go. Listen, after the show is over tonight, it will not be dark. Yeah. Isn't that nice? That feels like that is a giant win for the three of us. Yeah, we saw that. When did we last see that? Like the light at six o'clock. October? No. So. Yeah, October probably. Yeah. Anyway. Maybe September. I think better days are ahead. Do you not? Better days. Yes. And that's, Indeed. I'm so proud of you, John. It's well, so positive and forward focused yeah you know because the springtime's coming springtime is coming oh usually this is the time in the program where you're like no 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 march i'm turning over a new leaf oh yeah yeah Yeah, i'm happy for you thank you so much yeah hey as we always do we get underway at the top of the show whether it's monday or uh one other day of the week we took the take a look at the news stories and kath won't you give us please Mm -hmm. the top four at four I will. I will do that thing Monday, March 1st. I give you this. Governor Tom Wolf raised the occupancy limits for indoor events in Pennsylvania to 15% of the maximum occupancy, regardless of venue size. All right. For months, indoor event spaces, if you have not been keeping track, have been limited to either 5% or 10% of maximum occupancy, and no events were permitted to have more than 500 people. The trip reports that the Pens then announced that they can allow 2,800 fans into the arena and tickets will be available for Tuesday's game against the hated Flyers, with season ticket holders receiving priority. The new limits also mean that the Pirates will be able to allow spectators at PNC Park for the upcoming season, including at the April 1st home opener. John, have you purchased your tickets yet? I have not. They won't be available. Okay, we'll find out. The new order also lifted restrictions on out-of-state travel. Number two, discussions are in progress in Pennsylvania's General Assembly to possibly move teachers to phase 1A of the state's vaccine rollout. State Rep Tim O'Neill sent an email Sunday alerting House GOP members of the possibility, according to WPXI. He explained that the National Guard would be involved in the distribution process. According to the email, which was shared with the TRIB, the change would be made possible by the Johnson & Johnson Vaccines Emergency Use Authorization by the U.S. FDA. The Commonwealth is expected to get an initial shipment of 94,000 doses of the new vaccine this week. Number three. Well, apparently it's not just us. 
Former French President Nicolas Sarkozy was found guilty today of trying to bribe a magistrate, becoming the first president in the history of France's post-World War II republic to face house arrest. According to the Wall Street Journal, a Paris court convicted Mr. Sarkozy on charges of influence peddling and corruption, sentencing him to three years in prison for offering to help a magistrate land a plum position in the Principality of Monaco, which sounds pretty nice, in exchange for confidential information about an inquiry into the finances of his 07 presidential campaign. How about that? The court suspended two years of Mr. Sarkozy's prison sentence, adding that the former president should serve the remaining year under house arrest wearing an electronic bracelet. And I'm wondering if that will happen in Monaco. Probably so. It's yeah, so like the kind of thing that Sarkozy would be able to work right. out. And no champagne either. Stop oh, that. Well, I don't know. I don't know if that's that's really not listed here in what I'm reading. All right. And number four, the Golden Globes happened in a virtual sense last night. Nomadland won the award for Best Drama Filled and Borat Subsequent Movie Film won Best Comedy Film. Audra Day won Best Actor. Actress in a drama for the U.S. versus Billy Holiday, and Chadwick Boseman posthumously received the award for Best Actor in a drama for what became his final movie, filmed right here in Pittsburgh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Four categories were taken by Netflix's The Crown, and the woman Chloe Zhao, who directed Nomadland, became only the second woman ever to win Best Director. Also, Jane Fonda received the Cecil B. DeMille Award, and Norman Lear became the third ever recipient of the Carol Burnett Award. The um, award show was hosted by Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, who were both hosting from two different rooms, Tina Fey in the Rainbow Room in New York City and Amy Poehler hosting from the Beverly Hilton in California, where the award ceremony is traditionally held. That, my friends, is your top four. four. Very nice. Very nice indeed, Didi. We'll talk about this during the uh, top of the five o'clock hour. But, uh, you know, uh, you see a lot. I see a lot of movies and uh, that film Nomadland that won last night. Yeah. Please do yourself a favor. Um, if you like to watch movies or you're interested, that's really one of the finest films I've seen in a long, long mm. time. Wow. Um, just a really fascinatingly beautiful film. Very stark, very spare. But boy, um, just really a great movie. It's on Hulu, I believe. It's all, I think it's also in theaters, if you'd be so inclined to go out to local theaters, which apparently theaters are open, whether it's 15% or not. Yeah. Right. How about mm-hmm. that? And you're also a big fan of The Crown, John, so you must have been happy to see that. You know, I didn't, I am, and I'm glad they won whatever it's, you know, the award season, blah, blah, blah. Um, I didn't watch it. I watched maybe 10 minutes of it to see wait, enough mean, of a train the, wreck. You, wait, you mean the Golden Globe Awards? Oh, the Golden Globes. Right, yeah, right, not, right. not of the crown. I watched yeah. 10 minutes of the Golden Globes. I mean, that was some weird. You <laughs> know, in a, in a year of weirdness, mm-hmm. that was one of the exclamation points of the weirdness of it all. So sure. you had to be a real fan of movies and television to hang in there all that time and watch that because it was not good. I'm sure it was not good. Mike, I'm assuming you had Dr. J in front of the Golden Globes so you <laughs> could see the whole thing. Yeah. Front to Negative. Back. No, we did not watch. Mm. No, you did not. A second believe. of the Golden Globes. One? Sorry. Okay. No. Okay. It's hard to believe. Did you watch the Pens lose last night? I, I unfortunately did. Watch the did Pens yes. lose. Uh, I yeah, did. Okay. That was not That fun. was really, that was a very depressing game. Yes, yeah, indeed. It was. It's okay. All right. You know, it's still a long season. And Latang is heating up. of the crowd. Yes. Yeah. I thought Malcolm was heating up until last night. And no, he's not. Something not, cooled, not, cooled off. Not, uh, uh, no, he's not. Okay, we got a big show for you, boy. We are jam-packed uh, wall-to-wall, hour-to-hour. As we always do, we get underway with Monday's show. We go to the White House with SRN News correspondent Greg Clugston. Mm-hmm. He'll bring us up to date about what happened over the weekend and uh, goings on about the nation's capital. Stick around. The Monday edition of The Ride Home right here. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. That's who we are. 101.5. We are. Word FM.
101.5 WORD. How can your daughter survive today's toxic culture? Well, the next Focus on the Family features Dr. Meg Meeker, who offers help in navigating a confusing, amoral world. She'll explain the difference between healthy and toxic feminism while helping you focus on your daughter's character. That's next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. I'm Pastor Bill Brainsma of the Protestant Reformed Church in Forest Hills. The Bible clearly teaches us, not only in Genesis, that Adam and Eve were real people and that they were the father and mother of the human race. They are our first parents. If this is true, then the theory of evolution flies in the face of Scripture as well. Evolution teaches that man, together with the entire universe, evolved over millions of years. Man himself slowly over these years developed from a lower form of life through the various stages of man until he has reached the stage where he is today. But if that is true, Adam and Eve were not created by God as the first human beings, as the Bible teaches. The myth of evolution in light of Scripture, therefore, cannot be true. For more information on this subject and others, contact us at prcpittsburgh.org or call 412-727-6811. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things that concern the Lord Jesus Christ. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And And we're we're the the owners owners of South Coast Coast Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm who will treat you like family and not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation and we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 8:36, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed and one way we can achieve that is by being debt free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-1176 and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. Why a classical Christian education? Because kids learn differently at different ages. Through grammar, we grasp the building blocks of knowledge. Logic teaches how those building blocks relate. Then rhetoric helps us communicate what we know. For over 50 years, Trinity Christian School has intentionally applied this classical approach to education with great success. It's just one reason why they're consistently ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. Trinity Christian School at trinitychristian.net. Monday afternoon, it means we head to the White House. SRN News White House correspondent Greg Clugston joins us to bring us up to speed about what's happening in and around the nation's capital. Greg, happy Monday to you. How are things? Thank you, John. Kathy, good to be here. And uh, nice nice to be back from the weekend. Terrific. Okay, so let's start talking um, today about the uh, COVID bill. What do we know about it, uh, Greg? How how is it progressing and what can people here in Pennsylvania expect? It's a lot of money. Well, obviously, it passed the House last week, uh, mostly along party line vote. And Mm -hmm. so you had you had all Republicans voting against it. You had two two Democrats uh, shift over and uh, vote for it. Um, But essentially, it was along party lines. 
And so it's $1.9 trillion. We've been talking about it for a while now, but not everybody knows everything that's in it. The most uh, well-known piece uh, of this package is the $1,400 stimulus uh, payment that would be sent directly to a lot of Americans across the country. And so that's a big part of the bill. Also, there would be money for more vaccinations, more testing, schools, and, and all the rest. So it's passed the House. It's heading over to the Senate now. Obviously, it's a 50-50 Senate, and the vice president would cast a tie-breaking vote if Mm -hmm. necessary. Mm -hmm. And so we'll have to see what happens. Mitch McConnell is the Republican leader. He earlier today was describing it as a bad bill. He thinks it's too bloated. It's too expensive. And a lot of Republicans are wishing that um, there had been more of a process that would have allowed for, um, you know, a bipartisan a more bipartisan bill to get to this point, mm-hmm. but it, it, it it's not the case right now. I see. So Greg, uh, as with all bills, especially bills of this size, um, there's a lot of pork in there, isn't there? Yeah. And that's one of the main criticisms that Republicans have been talking about when they describe this bill. For example, they think that there's um, a lot of extra money that's going to democratically controlled cities and states mm. that aren't in the budget crunch um, now that they actually were maybe a few months ago. So they they view it as sort of, uh, if not a boondoggle, which was the word uh, Donald Trump used yesterday, but um, really a, a lot of friendly money going to constituents of the Democratic Party, whether it's unions or other organizations, or just uh, fellow Democrats who are, you know, mayors and governors, that kind of thing. Right. I mean, who doesn't like friendly money? Exactly. I mean, it just depends if you're on the receiving end or the giving end. Exactly. <laughs> that. And therein lies the problem. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so then the odds are that, you know, they're going to have some sort of bill, right? There's going to be some more money flowing out of Washington, D.C. that'll find their way to a large percentage of Americans' pocketbooks, don't you think? That's right. And it's interesting because there have been some studies done about the last round uh, of the direct payments that went out, $600 right at the end of December, the first of the year. And they, um, a, lot of the, a lot of the studies have shown in just the last couple of weeks, that up into a certain income level, say, I don't remember the exact number, but it's, you know, say it's 50, 60, Mm $65,000. People who who earn up to that amount tended to spend their $600 stimulus payment. And people earning 70, 70, 75,000 and up tended to save their money. And so one of the Republican uh, proposals had been to um, shrink the number of Americans who are actually going to be receiving this money because they're not sure that it's going to provide the actual economic stimulus that a lot of Democrats Mm -hmm. are claiming that it will. Sure. Okay. Uh, Greg Klugstin's with us, SRN News White House correspondent. We're on 101.5 Word FM, also 96.5 FM and 7.30 AM WPIT. If you'd like to watch the show, you can log on right now to Facebook. We're Facebook Live with Greg Klugstin. Are you in Virginia, Greg? In Maryland. Yeah, he's in Maryland. Okay, yeah. You can watch Greg in Maryland. doesn't really matter where he is because no one knows where anybody is right now because it's just a really <laughs> weird time. Uh, anyway, okay, Greg, so speaking about a really weird time, um, our former president got a lot of headlines, uh, more so than, than most former presidents would get speaking at an event. So talk about CPAC over the weekend and what did we hear from former President Trump? Right. Yeah, a lot of attention. You're right. But also one of the reasons why is because we don't typically hear from former presidents this early in a new administration uh, with the kinds of criticisms that uh, we were expecting to hear and actually did hear from Donald Trump yesterday. So it's, it's obviously 
it's it's a whole different scenario when you're talking about Donald Trump in terms of norms and traditions and that kind of thing. Uh, and so he had been obviously relatively quiet since leaving Washington on the morning of January 20th, inauguration day. Um, he had been he had done a couple of, of TV interviews just by telephone uh, around the death of, of Rush Limbaugh, but had been mostly quiet. Of course, he doesn't have his Twitter account uh, active any longer, so he doesn't have that platform to be, you know, communicating with the public on a regular basis. So this was a very, uh, for him, a long period of time where he had not spoken publicly. So there was a lot of anticipation of what he might say, how he might use the opportunity Mm -hmm. and his sort of re-entry into the political uh, spotlight once again. And basically the hour and a 15 or hour 20 minute speech uh, did a few things. It defended his record not surprisingly, from his four years in the White House. He also spent a lot of time criticizing the Biden administration and brand new policies and reversal of old Trump policies, whether you're talking about some of the relationships with other countries, whether you're talking about the travel ban. He also uh, hit the president, the new president, pretty hard on on transgender rights and, and some of those cultural issues that have become a real flashpoint in our country. And he also made the point that he's not going away anytime soon. He said he's going to be a part of this conservative movement going forward. And he put out the tease, the tease that he might run again for president in 2024, saying that he anticipates a triumphant return to the White House by a Republican president. And then he said, I wonder who that will be. Really? That's interesting. Okay, so in the mix of all that, I was happy to hear the president say, the former president say, that he has no interest in forming a third party. To me, that was good news. Yeah, there have been uh, a lot of people wondering if he would take what is kind of known now as the Make America Great Again or the MAGA movement, really, that supports him and uh, has, you know, he has solid, solid support from this block of, of American voters. And so there was uh, not only concern, but these rumors or interest in whether or not he would take that flock, essentially, and try and create his own political party. But he said he was he was pretty uh, dismissive of that idea in his remarks yesterday, John. He said, we've got the Republican Party. We're going to be united and strong. And he said, why would we divide the party and then further divide our chances to be um, you know, a big block of voters and and have a big voice. So he's dismissing that and and saying essentially uh, the other thing too, which is interesting when you're talking about the Republican Party, is that even though he said the Republican Party is going to stay the way it is as he would like to see it, he wants people to make donations to his political PAC uh, to help elect the kind of candidates that Donald Trump likes. Uh, Maybe okay. sending money to the Republican National uh. Committee. Oh, right. Because the Republican National Committee, right, is going to be influenced by people like Mitch McConnell and Ben Sass, who are probably really disappointed that the former president's not going to form his own party. So then it is a split. Well, I I think there is still a split. And if not a split, certainly tension that's not going away anytime soon because of those kinds of statements. Mm -hmm. So in all the criticism that was leveled uh, by the former president to the Biden administration, uh, one of the key things, and you see this already happening, is that the surge forward from uh, Mexico or South America to the border. I mean, that's you cannot dispute that. I mean, President uh, Trump was really strong in saying, I'm going to stop that flow. All of a sudden, there's been a change in the administration, and there was a big surge forward. The Biden administration is trying to deal with this, but you can see the handwriting on the wall, can't you? 
Yeah, this is quickly becoming a, a big problem. In fact, the, the Homeland Security Secretary was at the White House briefing today giving an update about the border situation because the Biden White House, the Biden administration knows this is this is a problem that could be quickly getting out of right. out of control. And so obviously there um, there were some controversies uh, with the Trump administration's handling of the border. But uh, the, the flow of, of of migrants moving north. Uh, did decrease over time. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing that pick up again. And what's interesting is the Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas today, he was asked directly, is it a crisis at the border? He said, no, not a crisis, but a challenge. So he he acknowledges Mm -hmm. it's a, you know, it's a problem going forward. But what was interesting is a day after you had Donald Trump criticizing the Biden administration for its policies and its stance on a number of issues, you had the Homeland Security Secretary today say that the Trump administration essentially gutted the immigration system, and it has to be rebuilt from scratch, and that it's going to take time. So that was a very interesting take. It was very forceful language coming from the DHS, from, from the White House podium today. Mm. So wait, now, uh, Greg, What does that you, mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, we were asked for a little bit of uh, more, more follow-up. Uh, he was talking about the handling at the border. And so he, he did acknowledge that because, especially because of COVID protocols, that um, migrant families and adults who are single, who are coming to the border are being returned, but it's the children, it's the unaccompanied minors right now that are being brought in. Um, now, he was saying that the housing facilities and the other processing um, place uh, structure that needs to be in place to handle the processing of these immigrants coming across. That's what he said was broken. Um, so mm-hmm. it wasn't entirely clear exactly what he meant, other than he was trying to send the message that they feel like they have to be starting all over. Right. And he might be also, the administration might be trying to buy some time with those kinds of statements saying that if it is this, if, if, if you agree with or, or accept the notion of what the administration is saying, and it's going to take a lot of time to rebuild things, then that's going to give them in their minds anyway. Right. Some, I see. And I don't know, you know, Greg, you have a better read on this than I do, certainly. But I don't know, you know, off the top of my head, if I buy that, I remember, you know, Obama saying it wasn't about immigration, but it was about several other things. You know, once he got into office, he thought, oh, things are such a mess. It's going to take me so long to sort through this. And then when Trump got into office, it was the same thing. It was like, oh, things are such a mess. It just seems like every president is able, like whatever they're having a hard time handling, it's just easy pickings to be able to say, oh, that last guy didn't know what he was doing. Yes. The favorite word in the opening months of any brand new administration is the word inherit. Yes. This is what we inherited, what we inherited. from what a disaster. the previous administration. <laughs> right. right. Okay. So then you hear this, you know, Come you on. know, during the Trump administration, you know, the narrative was, oh, children are being ripped from their mother's yes. arms. Yeah. Now it's well, not that big of a deal, John. We're not seeing children, no. but they are being taken away. Right. So it's the same thing. It's just a different frame around it. Yeah. And some of the facilities are the same facilities or similar facilities that uh, that the miners are being temporarily housed in that were used during the Trump administration, at which time the Democrats had accused the Trump administration of putting the miners in those facilities. And they're now, of course, being used again because of the surge. Right. So all of a sudden we find a media that's not as outraged as they were four years ago about the same thing. I think that's that's fair, at least based on the early um, response uh, in terms of questions that are being asked at these briefings. But if you have, uh, for anybody who's who's watched the White House briefings over the last six weeks, for example, um, the questions are getting 
more pointed because there are these issues that are coming forth. It's not that the White House isn't being held to account, uh, but I would agree, Kathy, that the outrage that we saw uh, at the beginning and throughout the Trump administration we're not at those levels yet. No. Right. So we'll wait till hear the story of Andrew Cuomo being ripped from someone's arms. Right. Then we'll, well know there's well, prosperity. Well, Andrew Cuomo might be ripped from New York's arms at this <laughs> yes, point, right? Might, yeah. Right. And the White House has been asked pointedly about uh, Cuomo. Uh, really? Again today. Yeah. Tell us and about so, that. So the response from the White House briefly is that Biden's response to these kinds of issues is um, is consistent in, in that the um, anybody who's making these accusations those stories and those cases need to be heard. And that if there's if there's an investigation to be had, then the White House supports that. So they're obviously they're dealing with a very um, you know well-known and established Democratic governor in this case. But they also know that when it comes to, uh, you know, this kind of sexual harassment uh, accusation, they have to be very careful. Of course. Sure. Well, Greg, thanks an awful lot. I mean, we always appreciate uh, your insight, uh, the narrative here from uh, the front row that you have at the White House. Oh, wait, uh, one question, though, John, I forgot oh, yeah. about. Greg, um, were you uh, sitting in front of your television last night with bated breath watching the Golden Globes? I did not watch the Golden Globes. I usually like to watch a little bit of it um, mm-hmm. just to kind of see what's going on. I read yeah. a couple of stories, but I was actually still filing several stories from the Trump speech last night. I was night. working. So mm-hmm. I was I working. That. Yeah, well, none of us watched it, so that makes 100% of us that didn't see it. I guess a disappointment. <laughs> a very good excuse. We are out of touch. Yes, we are. Yes. All right, Greg. Hey, thanks an awful lot. We always appreciate it. We'll see you next week, hopefully. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. Take Our care, pleasure. Greg. Greg Clugston, SRN News, White House correspondent. Information by Greg and SRN News. Our word, wordfm.com. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relief. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. Mortgage commercials are rarely exciting. So to make it slightly more interesting, here are my nieces to do it for me. So interest rates continue to drop like my sister's baby teeth. Come on, Uncle Ryan had to say the same thing last year. That's true. Last year, it was rates are boring talk historically low. And now this year, they're somehow even more boring talk historically lower than the previous boring talk historically low. Sounds boring. But for so many listeners who just haven't wanted to deal with it, refinancing right now could save you massive amounts of Lego sets. Rates have gotten that low. Some borrowers could potentially save hundreds monthly and tens and tens of thousands over the life of a loan. And if you didn't put 20% down before, some could even stop having to pay PMI. Give Uncle Ryan a shot. We 
Our United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. United Mortgage Corp. Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. I'm Pastor Tom Hall of First Church Pittsburgh. Like you, I can't wait for this crazy time to be over. But in spite of how things seem, God isn't done with us. Join us at fpcp.org Sundays at 1045. Stream us on Facebook. Let's discover together how this story ends. Hint, Jesus wins. Today's forecast calls for clear skies, slight winds coming out of the Northeast, and customized car insurance from Liberty Mutual, so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. It'll be windy this evening. Otherwise, we'll see clear skies. Watch for icy spots tonight. We'll reach a low tonight of 16. Tomorrow, expect plenty of sunshine. Tomorrow's high, 38. Tomorrow night, we'll see clear skies with a low of 27. Wednesday, we'll see mostly sunny skies. Wednesday, expect a high of 56. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. It appears as though that the uh, first ever papal visit to Iraq is set to begin on Friday of this week. During time, Francis will meet beleaguered Christian communities and one of the world's most influential Muslim leaders. 84-year-old Pope Francis will be his first trip abroad in more than 15 months, as, of course, the, uh, the pandemic has curtailed his movements along with everybody else's. So uh, new COVID restrictions came into effect in Iraq last week with overnight curfews, a full three-day lockdown at weekends, and daily recorded cases doubled in less than a week. So the Pope is headed to Iraq. All members of the entourage will be vaccinated against the virus before the departure, social distancing, mask wearing, all that. The Iraqi government has promised high security during a three-day visit to six cities, Although there have been bombings and other violent attacks in recent years, 32 people were killed, more than 100 injured in a twin suicide bombing at a Baghdad market last month. So the visit entails risks. And uh, it's interesting. I'll be kind of curious to see what will happen, you know, as the Pope goes and visits Christian communities. Because, you know, like many places in this world, uh, Christians themselves they are they are uh, really beleaguered, uh, terrorized. Yeah. I don't think that's any sort of a, an exaggeration nope. to say that. I'll be curious to see what that looks like as far as a friendly Iraqi government and the Pope's access to those communities that have been terrorized. What do you think? Right. I mean, I mean, historically, I'm certainly in the years since I've been around and paying attention. I can't speak to the, you know, the more ancient popes, but. Um, the popes have certainly been great defenders of uh, Christians who've lived in difficult circumstances yep. and been persecuted by governments or militias or whatever. 
And the believers in Iraq are for sure that way and all over the Middle East are that way. Yes, he is. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm glad to hear it. I think it's wonderful. It is wonderful. Um, anytime that someone can go and say, help our Christian brothers and sisters in their turmoil and please back off and allow them to worship in peace. Right. That's a good thing. And how about live in peace? Also both things. Yes. Yeah. So uh, that starts Friday. It should be a long, how long will he be there? Just three days. Okay. So a fairly quick trip. First visit, uh, first trip that the Pope has taken in more than 15 months. And of course, the weird thing is COVID is spiking in Iraq. Apparently we're hearing this. Uh, they're doing forced lockdowns over the weekends, three-day weekends. They just shut the, everything down. Um, so who knows what that's going to be like? Of course, the entourage, uh, the Pope and all of his followers who would travel with him, they'll be vaccinated before they go. So 84 years old, I mean... You, who's going to say no? You can't go. Is he eighty four? Wow, eighty four. I didn't realize that. So I think it's fascinating, and and of course this is good as well, because you know Christianity does not get positive press coverage, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason, uh, you know whatever you feel about the Pope, whenever the Pope travels, it generally is very positive press coverage. So we'll hear the name of Jesus expounded from mainstream media this weekend in ways that we have uh, for to not heard in a long time. It's a good thing. I wonder how big of an entourage that is who travels with the Pope. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I wonder if that means that 300 people go with him or 60 or 12. It's a short trip. I mean, how many people do you need? I'm just, I'm just saying, I have a feeling that it's probably more people than we would. Really? I bet it's closer to 60 than 12. I would hope it'd be 30, 30 people. Should we? Um, Mike, you want to take the under over on that? <laughs> on 60. Who's going? 30. I'd say 30. You're saying 60? Okay. I'm yeah. saying 60. I guess we'll find out. Okay. I mean, it's very cool. I just think it's cool. I mean, you know, there he is. He's out traveling around the world, and Jesus' name will be proclaimed in a Muslim country. And mm-hmm. God bless him and all those Christ followers who, uh, f- at least for the short term, will receive some sort of relief from right. his visit. Right. So, anyway, uh, what do you say? We take a break? I think we should. Okay. We'll talk about Amazon. Amazon kneels before the mob. When Harry Became Sally, that book has been banned from Amazon from Grove City College. Carl Truman will talk about that next. The far left controls the White House and both houses of Congress. But Alliance Defending Freedom wants to make sure they don't control your house. Religious freedom, sanctity of life, free speech, and parental rights. Precious freedoms that ADF will protect at the courthouse. With God's help, we have over 2,000 victories, including 11 at the Supreme Court. And because ADF is a tax-deductible nonprofit ministry, we provide our services at no charge to those whose freedom is threatened. We have a challenging 48 months ahead of us. We must be prepared to stand for freedom. Call 833-993-4377 with your most generous gift or visit adflegal.org freedom to sign the freedom statement and commit to help us sustain our efforts. 833-993-4377 or click adflegal.org freedom. If you owe $27 trillion and you didn't have the money to pay it off, what would you need to do? Well, you need to make a lot more money, right? Well, now America's debt is more than $27 trillion, and right now taxes are at historically low levels. It doesn't take a genius to realize taxes will probably go up. 
Now think about your retirement accounts. Do you want to pay taxes on some of that money now when rates are lower or later when rates are much higher? Now, whether you should pay taxes now or in retirement depends on a lot of things. That's why Kirk Kenotic and Accurate Solutions Group has a free guide called You and Your Taxes to help you determine what's best for you. To get your copy of You and Your Taxes, call or text TAX to 412-515-3555. That's TAX to 412-515-3555. When taxes go up, will you be ready? Get this free guide from Kirk Kenotic and Accurate Solutions Group now. Call or text TAX to 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Our firm may not give tax advice. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu. We are, of course, living through times of deep division and turmoil, which makes you think about your college student or soon-to-be college student. What do they anticipate walking into on campus? At Grove City College, the historical tradition is forming young minds as agents of peace in a Christ-like tradition. It's central to the core of who Grove City is as they take your sons and daughters and mold them into young, believing Christians. What does that look like? How does that work in a young person's life? Look, it's not an easy task. Uh, Look at all the pressures that there are in the culture around us. Look at the difficulties we have in our own lives and all the distractions of technology and concern for the future. And so when you think about people who are at the formative age, you know, between 18 and 22, making decisions, not just about what to study and to pursue career-wise, but who they are, you want to look for a place that's going to form character, that's going to not just be concerned about the ABCs, though those are very important, um, but how it is that a person grows and develops and matures as an individual that's able to take on and live through an era like this of both division and disease to take a deep dive in what it is to be a citizen of Christ in these difficult times, look online at Grove City College. That's gcc.edu, Grove City College. I don't know, John. I thought that um, most liberals were against banning books. Well, they are. I thought every good liberal was against banning books. You know, as long as those books align with their ideology, that's fine, right? But if not... Doesn't sound like much of a principle. mm -mm, No, no. So uh, Amazon, of course. uh, Amazon started out as a bookseller decades ago. And, you know, like they control just about everything in the marketplace, they also control the large majority of book sales. So if your book's on Amazon, hey, good for you. You've got a shot at selling a lot of copies. But if Amazon bans your book... Well, forget about it. I mean, you know, the idea of going into a bookstore now, as quaint and as beautiful as that sounds, as delightful as that sounds, uh, that's not happening for most people. So last week, Amazon banned a book about transgenderism when Harry became Sally. Here to talk to us about that is Dr. Carl Truman. Dr. Truman joins us from the Department of Biblical and Religious Studies at Grove City College, and uh, he is the author of several books. I'm sure we'll talk about those as our conversation goes along. Uh, Carl, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back on. Always sure, a pleasure. Carl. So it would seem, Carl, that any self-respecting, you know, classical liberal or even contemporary liberal would say, are you no, know, when I ask the question, are you in favor of banning books? 
but with an organization as big as Amazon and Apple to follow it up, um, just deciding not to publish this volume is, in a sense, doing that. Yes, and I think the you know the answer is these are not your grandparents' liberals we're dealing with anymore. Uh, I would consider myself, in many ways, to be a traditional liberal so would I. on that yeah. front. A big believer in freedom of speech, freedom of religion. The the best way to drive out bad ideas is to allow everybody to have their say and allow the good ideas to come to the fore and uh, inevitably triumph. But that's not the world we live in now. We live in a world where. Uh, big tech companies, I think, are increasingly going to be censoring the information to which we get access and the kind of arguments that we're allowed to uh, to look at. Right. So we uh, all feared uh, George Orwell's 1984, the idea of Big Brother. Uh, big Brother, we always thought was going to be government. Little did we know that it was going to be tech companies that are going to rule the roost. So what does that mean, Carl? I mean, the idea that a book that does not agree with those who are in power that is now disappearing, we are not allowed to have this conversation. To speak about transgenderism in less than uh, praising terms is something that is verboten in this society we live in today. Yes, and that's a very dangerous place to be in. It's one thing, if you like, for the government to be passing legislation or things, and that can be worrying enough, but at least when you're dealing with a government, there are periodic elections, and if you don't like what's going on, you can cast your vote and try to get rid of them. When you're dealing with what are effectively unaccountable tech companies, it's a whole different ballgame. First of all, the First Amendment doesn't apply because these are not agencies of the federal government. And secondly, it's not immediately obvious how one can resist them. I mean, Amazon Mm. dominates the book-selling market and therefore has huge influence with publishers. No publisher is going to publish a book that they don't think they can market on Amazon. Uh, uh, They're on a hiding to nothing at that point. So I wonder what the what the current thinking on that is. Now, I certainly understand that people who are running big tech companies aren't going to be supportive of Ryan T. Anderson's approach or not his approach, but they're not going to be supportive of his point of view. But that's fine. You know, Amazon posts Mein Kampf, right? Last time I looked, it had had like four stars. And I don't think they you know appreciate his approach either. No, I, I would. Well, one would hope not. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, certainly, is- I'm assuming that they don't. Uh, We can assume they don't, but in the last uh, five or six weeks, I've had must have half a dozen emails from Amazon encouraging me to buy a book on technology by Theodore Kaczynski. And if you look up Theodore Kaczynski... That's the Unabomber, right? He's he's the Unabomber, yes. So Amazon are not only selling the Unabomber stuff, they're actively promoting it, actively promoting it, which makes the ban on Ryan Anderson ironic. Even worst case scenario, Ryan Anderson is less likely to kill as many people as Adolf Hitler or even Ted Kaczynski, I think. So why is he banned? It's a a fascinating question. Okay, so then the book, Ryan Anderson's book, When Harry Became Sally. Talk to us about this. I mean, look, if you are a transgendered adult or if you're an adult thinking about transitioning, you go for it. But the problem is when this is sold to children, some as young as four years of age, that, you know, this is a, this is a good thing to do. This is an okay thing to do. We, you know, we lift you up as a hero somehow. That's where the problem is. It's being sold to children as you can find your own inner joy or your own peace by switching, you know, sexes and allowing yourself to be mutilated, whether it's through it's, you know, your, your reduction of, of breast or your genitalia. 
Yes, and I think that came out very clearly last week with Rand Paul's questioning of Dr. Levine at her Senate confirmation hearing when he was repeatedly pressing on the good doctor the question of, of uh, genital mutilation and the, the authority, the responsibility, the competence of children to make that kind of life-changing decision at such an early age. And Levine's adamant refusal to answer the questions and to answer the testimonies and answer the statistics that he was provided indicated that there was no answer. The, the evidence clearly points towards somebody stepping up and being the adult in the room and taking responsibility here. Obviously not going to be Dr. Levine or the government on this one. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about two issues. Both, I think, are of great interest. One is the issue of transgenderism, especially when it comes to medical treatments applied to children. And then the other question is just why we're not why we're concerned about banning books or why we're thinking that the best way to approach any issue whatsoever is to just have people not understand different sides of it. Yeah, and, and of course, the history of censorship is not a great one, because by and large, when things get censored in history, they tend to take on a life of their own anyway. My own area of expertise is the Reformation. You know, the Catholics typically burned books. Martin Luther would reprint Catholic books with his own introduction to them. He would subvert them. Hmm. And ultimately, Luther wins. Uh, censorship can be a very counterproductive thing in the long run. So there's a sense in which... Amazon's approach here, it represents massive corporate power, but also intellectual bankruptcy, I think. And in the long run, it will not, I don't think it will serve them or the, the society that they claim to be serving well. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe it will either. It is hard, though, to get our heads around the place that we're in where a, a, an organization like Amazon carries this much weight economically. Yes, and this is where I think the, the you know, I'm, I'm not a huge government stepping in and doing stuff at every opportunity sort of guy, but I do think that a very good argument could be made for breaking up some of these mm-hmm. big tech monopolies. Right. If we're in a situation where a man who refuses to bake a cake for a gay wedding finds himself dragged uh, before the courts, that's one man, one cake shop in one city, surely there's a case for some kind of government or legal intervention when we're dealing with what is functionally a monopoly of book selling in the United States. Yes. From Grove City College, we're speaking with Dr. Carl Truman. His brand new book is called The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to Sexual Revolution. So, Carl, like yourself and the circles that you work in in academia, you know, obviously uh, it, with your new book, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, You spent a considerable amount of time in research, in thought, and then in writing. This may have taken you, I don't know, a year, two, perhaps three or more, maybe a lifetime of thought. So other men and women, other authors who would propose this idea in their own mind and then seeing themselves struck down by Amazon and the ability, the inability to get those ideas out into the marketplace, if that would come to the fore, Many more people would say, you know, I shouldn't bother to waste my time in trying to get something out. Maybe I'll focus on a different subject because in the end, no one will hear or read about this in the first place. So it's this not worth it. Yeah. And, that, you know, that there's a real serious issue there that this could strangle uh, free inquiry and free thought mm-hmm. in a big way. I would say to people who are thinking that way, though, 
you need you need to think freely. You need to get your stuff out there. Think about uh, life behind the Iron Curtain. Now, thankfully, we don't live in anything like the Soviet bloc. But the bottom line was it was vital that those underground presses kept working. It was vital that there was a Samizdat culture there, keeping free thought, free inquiry alive. So I would say we, we may be moving into an era where we have to think about alternative ways of, uh, of doing our research, getting our research out, keeping free thought alive, but we have to do it. Because if we simply cave in to, to big tech, then we've lost already. I think we have to face reality as it is and see how we can press back. That's Dr. Carl R. Truman, Department of Biblical and Religious Studies at Grove City College. Carl, before you leave us, talk about how things are up at a GCC, COVID-wise, and just the atmosphere on campus in general. It's quiet and subdued, but we're still teaching in person, and everything seems at this moment to be to be under control. And I think in this, this semester, with it getting warmer, we're probably over the major hurdle now, and things will, will get better. Good. I mean, there, for a while there, uh, whether it's at Grove City or any university, especially last semester, things looked a little dicey. So congratulations on weathering the storm and uh, making sure that uh, people are safe, whether it's students or faculty. Yeah, the administration done a great job, done a great mm-hmm. job. Terrific. Well, Carl, you do a great job here. Thank you so much for your presence on our show monthly. Thanks very much for having me. The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to Sexual Revolution, Dr. Carl Truman from Grove City College. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. by now, you all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's really a great, very comfortable pillow. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. Now, for a limited time, my pillow is offering the premium my pillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen size premium my pillow for twenty nine ninety eight. They are regularly sixty nine ninety eight. That's a forty dollars savings. Kings are only five dollars more. All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets, or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Or right now, MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. 
Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And, and we're, we're the, the owners, owners of South Coast, Coast Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm who will treat you like family and not just the number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation and we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 8.36, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed and one way we can achieve that is by being debt free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-1176 and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. In the run-up to marriage, some couples have this conversation. Well, will you? the man will say, will you take my last name? And there might be a pause or a deeper conversation. The woman says, uh, I'm not so sure about that. 72% of adults polled in a study said that they believe that a woman should give up her maiden name when she gets married. 72%. Mm-hmm. In a study of uh, other married men, less than 3% took their wife's name whenever they got married. That hasn't always been the way. Um, in England, especially from the last century backwards, men who married into wealthy families mm. tended to take their wives' names. Sure, because they know what's good for them. Yeah, cash mm-hmm. is king. All right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, now, look, I, I got married later in life. And so my wife was like, I'm not taking your last name. I've been, you know, this way all my life. So I'm not going to change my name. You give her that? I'm like, I'm fine, whatever. I'm not going to force you to take my last name. So we often go by different names. Like we'll go to, you know, where were we the other day? We were, oh, I know we were at, um, we were at uh, a doctor's office and we were both, um, you know, with the dentist, we both were checking in and they were like, you, John Hall, and you, Mrs. Hall. And she's like, no, that's not my last name. And they're oh, okay. All right. So that's not her legal name? Uh, no, she has Her legal name is not my last name. Okay. No. Mm. Got it. So what do you think? Uh, when it came time for you to get married, now you got married much younger. Was it an issue for you? No, I got married earlier in life. Yeah. Um, uh, let me say that my maiden name was so cumbersome. It was Polish. It has a lot of consonants, as good Polish names do. And yeah. I was really happy to offload it. Were you happy to get yes. rid of it? I mean, uh-huh. I spent my whole life, people would go to pronounce my name and yeah. I would say, no. No, that's not it. Because nobody knew how to pronounce it because right. it just looks intimidating like every Polish last name does. Right. So first day of school, the teacher would be like, but it was always, it was always screwed up, always screwed up. So when I saw Emmons on the horizon, I said, yes, that's a good thing. All right. Yes. So of course my last name is Hall. My wife's name is white. So we could have gone by Whitehall, which I'd have been fine with. That's dumb. But whatever. I mean, people do do that. I know they do. And all the people who did that are going to send me an email and say, I'm mean, I'm just saying that that. it just seems like a lot of effort. Why? Why? You guys, I mean, Whitehall, first of all, Whitehall sounds like it could be an actual name, so it's not too bad. Right. But most last names are not like that. 
Yeah. Like if my husband and I would have done that, we would have been Eric and Kathy Bletcher Simmons. I mean, who would what? It'd be like someone trying to clear their throat. Bletcher Simmons. Bletcher Simmons. Right. Excuse me. I'm so sorry. Exactly. I don't okay. know. Okay, Mike, when you and Mrs. New Mike were marrying, were, yeah. were you considering taking her name? No, I was not considering taking her name. However, she wanted her or, or my last name and her last name and her together. Yes, together. But it, it sounded too weird. Yeah, too high. It was going to be hyphenated. But her maiden name is not. So it would be not Duffy. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. yeah. And I was no. like, no, nope, that's not no. happening. No. <laughs> uh, table for not Duffy. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't think anyway. so. No, no. I don't know. Whatever. Like, People are doing their own thing. Do Heck, your thing. I mean, you know, whatever. You can email you know. Kathy at wordfm.com. Right. I mean, you know, we're cutting off body parts. So you can take a, par- a person's last name or not. No big deal. What the heck? Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. New York's Attorney General says she's moving forward with an investigation into sexual harassment allegations against Governor Andrew Cuomo after receiving a letter from his office authorizing her to take charge of the probe. When the investigation is finished, the findings will be disclosed in a public report. Two women who worked for Cuomo accuse him of sexual harassment. The governor said some of his behavior with women may have been insensitive or too personal, but he has denied harassing anyone. Officials say heavy rain across Appalachia has led to water rescues, mudslides, road closures, and power outages. Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir has declared a state of emergency. In his state, flooding has caused damage and a nursing home had to be evacuated to keep residents safe. Stocks rallied today on Wall Street. The Dow gained 603 points. The Nasdaq was up 396. This is SRN News. Benjamin Franklin once wrote, (laughs) Nothing can be said to be certain, except death and taxes. Uh, hold on there, Benji. (sighs) You can't even rely on that much, thanks to identity thieves. Pardon? Tax forms have all your personal info in one place. And this is the season when it can get emailed, shared, and possibly exposed to identity thieves. They might even try to file your tax return before you do. This shan't stand. No, it shan't. Because LifeLock monitors your info and alerts you to identity threats. If you become a victim, a dedicated U.S.-based specialist will help fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions, but LifeLock helps you keep what's yours. Join today and save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com with promo code SMART. That's promo code SMART for 25% off at LifeLock.com. And remember, 25% saved is 25% earned. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. The changes haven't been easy, but there's help. The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We can design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. surroundpittsburgh.com. 
connecting you with new customers. We are limiting the number of people in the office. It's patients and staff members only. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry begins with safety. We look a little different. We have more gear on, hand sanitizing stations throughout the office, frequently disinfecting all common areas. We're even using a UV light. All of these precautions are put into place for our patient safety and our team member safety. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Are you an Allegheny County senior feeling lonely or isolated due to the pandemic? The Allegheny County Senior Companion Program can help. Senior companions are volunteers 55 and over who will call you once or twice a week to check on you and see how you're doing. Those with computers or devices such as smartphones can do video chatting if desired. There is no cost to you for this service, and applying is easy. Please call 412-350-4061 to apply today. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune in to Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. It'll be windy this evening. Otherwise, we'll see clear skies. Watch for icy spots tonight. We'll reach a low tonight of 16. Tomorrow, expect plenty of sunshine. Tomorrow's high, 38. Tomorrow night, we'll see clear skies with a low of 27. Wednesday, we'll see mostly sunny skies. Wednesday, expect a high of 56. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, thanks for being with us. The 5 o'clock hour of The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Uh, Way back in uh, 1995, there was a guy named Bob Wells. He's living in Anchorage, Alaska. Things in his life were not well. Um, His marriage was on the rocks. He was working full-time at a Safeway grocery store where his father had worked all of his life. And uh, the story that Bob Wells tells is that His father worked in this store uh, as a clerk, and then he retired, and two years later, he was dead. And when that happened to Bob Wells' dad, and considering the state of Bob Wells' life with his bad marriage and, you know, sort of like a discontent falling over his life, Bob Wells said, that's not going to happen to me. So uh, the house had split up, the kids were with the mom, and Bob Wells decided to buy a van, a step van. And hit the road in 1995. Okay. And that's what he did. What's a step van? Well, it's kind of like, um, you know, the the food trucks. Got it. Something of that, you know, that size. And they come in various sizes. And he hit the road. Now, he had some money saved up. And I think he was old enough to start to draw an early uh, pension from Social Security and whatnot. And what he found was, as he was traveling uh, across the American West, that he would see other people. These people were struck by uh, the Great Recession, 1987, and there were many people, older people especially, who became nomads. 
Well, he started to post about this was the rise of the internet. Bob Wells started to do um, some videos. He had a website and all of a sudden people started to hit on this thing and he offered advice how to convert your van or your car or whatever into a home and live on the road. The best way to do that. And then years later, he started to form a community. He said, let's all gather at this particular place at this particular time. First year, 45 people showed up. As time went on, 10,000 people showed up. And what they discovered was there was a huge community of like-minded people who thought that they were alone, living on the edge, who were cobbling together part-time jobs, a little money saved over, a little pension coming in. They owned neither a home, rented an apartment, and what they could fit inside their van or their trunk or whatever was their life. Well, then a book was written, and it featured characters like Bob Wells and some other people. And then from that book, a film was produced called Nomadland. And last night at the Golden Globes, Nomadland won the Golden Globe for Best Picture of the Year. It stars Francis McDormand. You may know that name. Uh, Certainly, if you saw that face, you would say, oh, I know her. I like her. I saw it. I saw the film a week or so ago. It's streaming right now on Hulu. And to be honest, I got to tell you, I love movies. This is one of the best movies, perhaps, that I've ever seen. No exaggeration. It is a spare solid film about a woman who, and there's elements of truth to this story, that she worked in a town, her and her husband, and it was a mining town. And one day the mine shut down. And all of a sudden, people's jobs were lost, livelihoods were gone. In a matter of a few years, the town lost its zip code, and the town became defunct. So this woman in the film, her husband passes away, she takes the road. And she meets Bob Wells, the real guy, Bob Wells, who's featured in this movie. Do yourself a favor. Find this movie. Look on Hulu or go to the theater if you're so inclined and take a look at Nomadland. I'm telling you, it's a wonderful story and well worth a look. Because the fact of the matter is, right now, there are tens of thousands, perhaps hundreds of thousands of people who are actual nomads out in the world, out in the United States, just cobbling together of life and building a community, whatever that looks like for them. So first off, that's a really amazing recommendation with how many films you've seen. Um, Let me ask you, though, about the film. Is the woman who is Frances McDormand's character, does she live in a step-up van? She lives in a van. It's not a step-up van. It's just, you know, what you would see like, um, you know, a cargo van or something, just a regular van. It's small. It's tiny. Uh, Believe me, it's, the film is not a feel good film, but it's still a beautiful film. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are people out there. That, 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 here's a weird thing. The woman who, who uh, directed the film, uh, what's her name? She, she won the yeah, Golden uh, I had her, hold on. I have her name right here. Chloe it is Zhao. Chloe Zhao. Yeah. So Chloe Zhao, she, the last two films, her, her first two and only two films before Nomadland, she would use real people. So Chloe Zhao saw this book and she went out on the road and she met real people. And her intent was to make this film with these real characters. 
what she did was she combined elements of these real people, put them in the film, and then cast Frances McDormand. But around this film, there are regular people who are not actors who the oh, yeah? story is lifted from. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a fascinating thing. I, you know, I remember years ago um, reading a book about um, people who live in, um, in the space above the subway tunnels in New York City. Mm-hmm. So there, there's like a, depending on where it is in New York, there are spaces that are, you know, reserved for utilities or that sort of thing. Sure. And there are people that live there and they have whole communities, you know, that they live with and exist in. And it's just separate from anything that we know, sure. but it's something that's well established. I mean, you can see it. It's part of the American DNA. I mean, you know, John mm-hmm. Steinbeck wrote about it yep. famously. Not that the people in Steinbeck's novel, The Grapes of Wrath, looked at it as a full-time, full-time, you know, life on the road. But, you know, the wanderlust, which mm-hmm. is America, how many people say, I can't wait to hit the road. I'm going to, whenever right. this whole thing is over, man, get me out on the road, right? I mean, that's just part of who we are as people. Mm-hmm. So to see that and to know that there are tens of, if not hundreds of thousands of people right now, and they've, they've gotten rid of their mortgages. They've gotten, you know, we talked this about this last week. Uh, was it maybe last week or the week before? Uh, a couple in New York City, the opposite end of this, right? These were, you know, a young couple, no kids, dinks, big incomes. Right. They rented one of these gigantic buses, you know, that cost hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they hit the road. Now, that's yeah, certainly they, different. So, so they gave up their their five thousand dollar a month rent they were paying in Manhattan to go on the road. I think what I think the article said they paid two thousand a month for their RV that they were renting, so that they were way ahead. But of course, they never considered how difficult it would be to a find a place to park and b find internet service that would allow them to continue <laughs> to do their jobs in the way that they you know were accustomed. Yeah. So they, so, you know, if, if I remember the article, well, John, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but their attitude was kind of like, so we're glad we did it. We don't see ourselves going back to New York, but maybe there were a couple things about this that we didn't really understand the whole way through. Right. I mean, but so, maybe this living... isn't, so it's not going to be permanent for them. No, and certainly not for everybody. I mean, who can afford that? I mean, the RV that they're in or the bus had had five television sets. Right. I mean, when you see these people in this film, Nomadland, this is not for the faint of heart. I mean, you know, you're doing your business in a bucket. It's, it's that spare. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, there are so many people who are just clinging to a life who are so dispossessed. Now, They're, let me ask you another question. This woman in the film, did she choose to do this because of her grief over her husband's loss or, or was it a financial thing or was it a combination of the two? It was a combination of a lot of things, right? That her husband died. She essentially, you know, was childless. She had no one, no family. So she hit the road. I mean, the house that they lived in, this was a company town. So they didn't own their house. There was a company house. I see. So everything, I mean, the town, everything just went away. So there she was all of a sudden. And they show her, this is really interesting. And you know, say what you will about Amazon. There's a lot to be said. They showed her in an Amazon facility working seasonal work. Hmm. I mean, mind numbing seasonal work, you know, with cardboard boxes and blowing up little, you know, those airbags to keep your stuff safe from, you know, breakage or whatnot. And I don't want to give away the story because I I just really, it's already spoiler alert that I've done here. And I don't want that. People should just watch the film and see a whole different side of what it is 
to grow old in America and be constrained by your pocketbook and looking for a way to be free and still have some adventure and some self-worth and dignity in your life. And I believe that's really what Nomadland's all about. Sounds great. Thanks for joining us today. It's the Monday edition of The Ride Home. We're at 101.5 Word FM, 96.5 FM, and uh, 7.30 AM WPIT. So we'll be right back with much more ahead this afternoon. Up next, what about seasons, spiritual seasons, personal seasons, and how do they fit in with the seasons in the club? 101.5 WORD. Leading the way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Those who are not anchored in Christ alone, by faith alone, through grace alone, are going to buy into the ploy of the Antichrist. Dr. Michael Youssef. Those who have decided for themselves what they want to believe, how they're going to live, they will be mesmerized by the trickery of the Antichrist. Learn more this week on Leading the Way. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. My eight-year-old niece and I have one very important thing in common, a deep, passionate love for cheesecake. I remember stopping over once with the famous Cheesecake Factory cheesecake. She'd attack that thing exactly like she should. Mid-piece, she looks up and she's got it everywhere. On her nose, her chin, and literally a smear across her elbow. As I was thinking about that moment this week, I thought, that's how I want our faith and family mortgage team to be. When Word FM listeners choose to call us, it really is a gift for us to get to work for you. And whether we're talking refinance, cash-out refinance, or new home purchase, it's a really big deal. So we better be attacking your situation with the fervor of an 8-year-old with her cheesecake. We'll do the work. You just sit back and relax. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage lender license number 22672. James Brown and Bill Cower welcoming you back to the Midnight Snack Run. This is one turkey obstacle course. Uh-oh. He's eyeballing a jar of candy. That is tempting right off the start. But he pushes it away. He's approaching a plate of iced cookies. He blows right by him for the apple. Oh, the fridge. Looks like he's headed for the soda. Wait, he jukes left. Grabs the water bottle. That's the way you execute a midnight snack run. Stand Up to Cancer and Rally want you to reduce your risk for cancer. Go to takeahealthystand.org. It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu. We are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM. Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. Parents, are you happy with your children's at-home high school experience? Wondering if you're doing all you can to prepare them for the next step in their life? Check out Salem Career Hub online at SalemCareerHub.com. Whether it's college prep school, a four-year university, an MBA, or learning real-world vocational skills needed to start a career, 
Get connected with top-ranked online schools and leading skills-based short-term training programs like full-stack software development from the co-founder of Apple, Steve Wozniak, to online XR programs, teaching hands-on vocational courses for HVAC, welding, plumbing, facilities management, electricians, solar, and more, all at a special reduced Salem Career Hub price. Better your child's life through education. Our team of educational experts are available to help you Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Central Time. Just call 866-711-6275, 866-711-6275, or online at SalemCareerHub.com. Well, it's March 1st, and I look out the window here, and uh, it's snowing. Well, they say March comes in like a lion, goes out like a lamb. I look forward to that change of seasons. Yeah. So I don't know about you, but uh, we're tired of winter here in Western Pennsylvania. We got a lot of snow. So think about seasons and, and exactly what they mean, right? Whether it's the, the natural seasons, spring, summer, winter, fall, or, you know, the empty nesters or the full house, or, you know, I'm working or I'm retired. In all of our lives, there's this cycle, this, this flow of seasons, well, Dr. Marilyn McIntyre is with us. She's an award-winning author of books on language and faith. Her latest is called Speaking Peace in a Climate of Conflict, and here today to talk to us about seasons. Hi, Marilyn. Welcome back. How are you? Hi. It's good. To, I'm fine, and I'm out here in California where we are having a different <laughs> experience of seasons. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about that, Marilyn. What are the seasons like there right now? Well, you know, it's way too early for it to look like April, but it does. Everything's blossoming and it's quite perfect weather, and it's not going to be forever because it's going to be really hot. <laughs> so yeah, that's true. What it, a, yeah. What about the virus? What are things like there? Well, it's just messy. It's a big, it's a huge state. It's kind of yeah. like a nation, and there are a lot. It's a very diverse population, and every county has slightly different ways of rolling it out. But you know, I think we're shuffling along the way most states are with. Yeah. Um, good faith efforts to try to get it to the right people and open it up as much as possible. So I sort of feel like rather than complaining, we have to look at the efforts that are being made on every front to get this out there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's a good word, shuffling along, right? I think that sort of describes uh, how we are. And, you know, uh, people are talking about, well, it's a moonshot, right? We've done something never before that they've created this vaccine. And so there has to be an element of grace as we do shuffle along for this, because whether it's, you know, politically or socially, no one's on board on the same page here. So it's a, a lot of rancor and confusion as we shuffle along. Yeah. But I think one one place to look is the healthcare workers and how hard they are working to make sure that people are safe and doing it properly. And so I've been really impressed. Me too. Yeah. Me that. too. All the people in the ranks. Yeah. Yep. All right, Marilyn, talk to us about. Um, I don't know. First off, when if I would ask you what season are you in, would you talk about you know the fact that flowers are blooming, or would you talk about you know what's going on with your family or your spiritual state, or what would you say? I think that these days I hear that word very much with reference to my inner life, my spiritual life. And, um, of course, a lot of churches celebrate the liturgical year, and this is the season of Lent. So that's one level of awareness. And as you just said, it's winter verging on spring, and that's another level of awareness. But I remember working with a woman who 
was the dean of the faculty for a while, and she had such a gracious way of talking about what season are we in as a community. Is this a time for expansion? Is it a time for reflection? And I loved the grace in that word because seasons don't have real clear boundaries, right? You, you gradually realize that you're in it and something new is upon you. And it reminds me of the biblical phrase I love in the fullness of time. So it seems to me that a change of season is when time kind of crests like a wave. And all of a sudden you realize this is, this is new. Do you, you see enough of the flowers or hear the birds back or something. You think, okay, we're there. But on the way, there's a lot of new um, sense awareness that happens. And so I think when I think about seasons of life, I think about those noticings that suddenly reach a tipping point where you say, okay, I'm in a new place now. And I think it's wonderful to stop and take stock and notice where you are in your journey. Yeah, I agree with that. So in the fullness of time, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, is it rare, you know, in our, iPhone obsessed, you know, sort of streaming era where we don't really appreciate or know the fullness of time. I think it's a rare thing. I'll answer, I'll answer my own question that it is a rare thing that we appreciate the season or even know the seasons that we're in because everything feels like it's a blur, even in the midst of a lockdown pandemic. Right. Or we have the the boundaries around things imposed from the outside so that we can't really attend to the organic sense of what is it we have been prepared for and what are we ready for and what is opening up in us and what is closing down and time to let go. But those are, those are tender questions about something that can't really be regulated from the outside. And a great deal needs to be regulated from the outside. There's no question. We need traffic lights, right? But um, but I think in terms of one's own spiritual life and thinking about the journey, the turns in the road aren't always sharp turns. Sometimes it's a long, gradual bending of the road to- in a direction that you don't quite yet realize you're going, mm-hmm. that you're being led. And so I think that paying attention to what is gradual takes a certain level of quiet, interior quiet, that's hard to come by, as you say. And that's why I, I love, in many ways, the church calendar, right? Because, yeah. you, I mean, it's not forced upon us, and it's our opportunity to engage or not in our relationship, to dive deep if we choose to in our prayer life, to appreciate where we are. But, I mean, this Lenten season, that's always a good season to be in. It's a, certainly a season of reflection. It is. and. One of the other things I learned at some point about the liturgical calendar, whether or not your your particular congregation attends to it or uses it or thinks it's useful, I, I think it carries you into a season in a place of solidarity with other people who mm. worship and who are honoring the, the great story of salvation and the life of Christ. And mm. so we do that together. And even if I'm personally in a period of mourning at Christmas time, it is a feast of celebration and there are ways of embracing people and bringing them into it. And similarly, even if there are things to celebrate in my personal life during Lent, 
I'm also aware that in my connection to all the people of faith who are among the cloud of witnesses I live with, um, I, I enter into the spirit of Lent in solidarity with them. So there's always a little bit of tension between what's going on in my own life and in the collective life, but I think that's creative tension. And it's, it's Dr. a good way to remember it's not all about me. <laughs> Dr. Yeah, Dr. Marilyn McIntyre is with us. Marilyn, you know, I, I don't know if this is when we first met you, but it's certainly the thing that has stuck in my head the most. Um, and you've written terrific books, and um, I particularly love... Um, Caring for Words and the Culture of Lies, you know, that, that's my favorite. Um, but one of the uh, articles that you wrote that has stuck in my head is why I go to church. And I don't know oh, how yeah. many years ago, I don't know how many years ago you wrote that, but it was so oh, moving to me. It, it was oh. moving to me, but it was also educational. It kind of expanded my understanding of church and I appreciated your honesty in it. And I guess what I'm asking is in this season, and not, I don't mean this season of Lent in particular, the that could be part of it, but I, this season mm. where people are not worshiping together, where going to church mm. looks different. I wonder how you're looking at seasons in that regard. Yeah, well, I think the piece you're referring to is called Choosing Church. And, yes, that's it. Um, and I started out with all the reasons not to go to church. You know, sometimes you just get church fatigue or you're tired of those people or you just want to stay home or, you know, worship in my own way and all that. And I think that... Um, bringing ourselves back to an awareness, a humble awareness that we need a gathered community and we need to see each other as the body of Christ. And we need to, we need each other in ways we don't understand or can't fathom. And that the person nearby may be a teacher that's being sent into your life. You don't know, but the church is a place where you can enter a circle of trust. And you can't provide that for yourself. So I do think that churches go through hard seasons too. And I Mm -hmm. so admire people who stick it out and stay with the church and say, this is a mess and we're not happy with each other, but God is in our midst and we are being guided through this. And this is one of the trials we were promised. So let's um, pray it through. Yeah. So Marilyn, this season that you're in right now, would you say Mm -hmm. it's a, It's a fruitful season for you? Well, it is in many ways, yeah. I've been doing a lot of writing and teaching some workshops, and and I'm in that lovely post-full-time pre-retirement place of being able Mm -hmm. to kind of make my own schedule and and do a lot of writing, being a writer who teaches instead of a teacher who writes. So there's Mm. a lot of freedom in that, and I'm grateful that um, we are able to do that and take kind of the financial hit it is not to work full time, but and we don't have a lot of money, but we're in a season of contentment. It's just lovely. And I'm so grateful that we have that because so many people mm-hmm. are struggling so hard. So I think it's an important time to um, be grateful for my own contentment and be attentive to what people are going through. So many people yeah. have lost businesses and can't pay the rent. Right. Well, Marilyn, thank you so much. We're grateful that you share your thoughts with us and your presence with us each month. Thank you. My pleasure. It's good good to hear you.
Mm-hmm. Well, That's Dr. Marilyn well. McIntyre. Marilyn is the author, as I said, of a whole bunch of really terrific books, books, including Make a List, What's in a Phrase, Pausing Where Scripture Gives, gives You Pause. You know that one I keep bringing up because I love it so much, Caring for Words in a Culture of Lies. We'll be right back. Does this make sense? With a moo-moo here and a moo-moo there, here a moo, there a moo, everywhere a moo-moo. Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Springhouse. And I'm Donnie, one of the 11 cousins growing up on the Springhouse farm. Hey, Mommy, what's coming up at the Springhouse? I'm glad you asked, buddy. We're celebrating the entrance of spring with our spring ham and turkey dinner this Sunday. Are we having that yummy smoked ham that Bill smokes in the smokehouse with real hickory wood? Yep, an old-fashioned roast turkey and homemade stuffing, real mashed potatoes and turkey gravy, sweet potato pie, and all kinds of goodies. And what's for dessert, my favorite part. Just like an old-fashioned church supper, we'll have coconut cream pie bars and all kinds of yummy family recipe cakes, too. Am I making you hungry, bud? Yes. Can I have some now? Nope. We'll have to wait for this Sunday, starting at noon and going all day. Tell our friends where to find us, hon. Check us out at springhousemarket.com or 724-228-3339. Hi, my name is Tanya Ettinger, the Pittsburgh wedding planner and your luxury event concierge. Oh, my. Do you have to plan your wedding yet again? You don't know how many guests you're allowed to have at your wedding? Do you have to wear a mask or not? Your venue's not calling you back? It doesn't have to be that way. I am pandemic on-site protocol certified, and I'm the solution to your wedding problems. At Weddings of Pittsburgh, my team and I will make your dreams come true. We attend to your every need so you don't have to lift a finger or worry about anything. Relax, leave the stress behind, and enjoy the adventurous experience that my magic will provide you. Go to WeddingsofPittsburgh.com, fill out the contact form, and enjoy the wedding you've always dreamed of. Tanya Ettinger with Weddings of Pittsburgh. Let's make magic. I'm a North Hills girl, and I'm proud to serve that community that I've grown up with. Stock Family Dentistry's Dr. Megan Stock. Nobody in my family was a dentist. It was kind of this innate thing planted in my heart since about first grade. And so God leading me down this path, it's been incredible to not only see my passion come to life, but to be able to do it at home is incredible. Exceptional dentistry, compassionate care. Stock Family Dentistry. Perry Highway in Wexford. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word, Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. It'll be windy this evening. Otherwise, we'll see clear skies. Watch for icy spots tonight. We'll reach a low tonight of 16. Tomorrow, expect plenty of sunshine. Tomorrow's high, 38. Tomorrow night, we'll see clear skies with a low of 27. Wednesday, we'll see mostly sunny skies. Wednesday, expect a high of 56. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. 
Let's face it, we love Alexa, and we love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. She could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the word Pittsburgh skill. And after she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the word Pittsburgh. That's all you have to do, and Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what is your favorite radio station? That's easy. Word 101.5. this makes sense what what does what make sense the microwave you're asking me the microwaves make sense you're the only one i'm doing the show with john so i ask you well you know there was a time in our lives pre-kids we were all like we're not getting a microwave. We don't need a microwave. All of a sudden, baby shows up. Man, we were out that. We we're buying a microwave like in a hot minute. I love the microwave. The microwave makes perfectly good sense. Really? Yes. yes. Okay. In every way. I'm starting to think that it doesn't. Why? Because here's the thing. Oh, your kids John. are gone. No, it's not that. It's the fact that I don't like how food, the texture of food when I reheat it in the microwave. I get that. I don't like that. So I don't reheat my food in the microwave. So I reheat it in the oven sure, or sure. I reheat it on the stovetop or something like that. So the only longer. so the only thing, John, I'm using my microwave for is if I didn't get, you know, the leg of chicken out in enough time and I have to defrost it. Yeah, it's okay. So why am I spending, you know, $800 or $500, I don't even know, on a microwave if all I'm doing is defrosting it because I can't figure out how to get my act together. Early. All right. So the next time then, you know, the next time you have to purchase a microwave, say... I'm not going to do it. Doesn't make any sense to me. But For I'm me- a little. But now I'm a little afraid. That's why I brought it up. It's all right. I mean, because what? Because what if I don't get it and then I need it? You have a little luddite leanings about you. You really do. You're you anti-tech. You think I? I you think I'd look good with that that little homemade skirt thing? A little bonnet there. Yeah. So the microwave. I say it makes sense. You say it doesn't make sense. Okay. Okay. Does this make sense? I'm listening to all the Democrats talk about. You know. 1.7 trillion. That oh my god! Number one point. Does this make sense? No. Hold on. <laughs> I'm holding up a penny. Right. Right. The one red cent. Yeah. Okay. In an era where we are talking about money, 1.7 trillion. When you reach in your pocket and you pull out, you know, three cents. Does the penny make any sense? Do we need the penny? Listen, I can't believe you brought this up. I found a penny today. I almost sucked it up into my vacuum. Yep. Grabbed it at the last minute, pulled it out, and I thought the exact same thing. Why do I still have this? Find a penny, pick it up all day long, you'll have good luck. That's what my dad used to say. We don't need the penny, Don. Mr. Don Hall. I mean, $1.7 trillion we're talking about, and we're looking at a penny? No, I think we need to step forward and say we're done with this. Give me a nickel or a dime or a quarter. I Sorry, love you, Abe. Penny. You know? That doesn't make sense. 101.5 WORD. If you're a Christian, you believe Jesus is God. But could you explain to a friend why believing in the deity of Christ is essential for a Christian? And in practical terms, what effect should this doctrine have on your daily life? Consider those questions this week as John MacArthur shows you the importance of rediscovering the Christ of Scripture. Be here for grace to you. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD.
At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith, and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour at any of their three North Hills campuses and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. The IRS doesn't mess around. If they want your money, they'll take it. They can take your paycheck and bank accounts, too, even threaten your home or business. Don't take on the IRS alone. If you owe back taxes, the smartest thing you can do is call Optima Tax Relief. The experts at Optima specialize in a powerful IRS tax assistance program called the Fresh Start Initiative, and their clients that qualify are saving thousands, even tens of thousands. One call starts the process to stop the demand letters, stop aggressive collection actions, and stop the IRS from targeting you. But don't delay. It's important to act now while you still have options. Optima is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Optima has already resolved over a billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get your life back. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for your free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. If you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. For over 100 years, QDOT has fixed big mechanical systems for the commercial industry, from hospitals and factories to churches and schools. You deserve to be treated fairly when it comes to your home's HVAC system. QDOT can solve any mechanical challenge, big or small. For affordable repairs, replacement, and maintenance, QDOT answers 24-7-365. And your safety is their top priority. Call 412-366-6200 at q-dot.com. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy Show, you will find it archived at secklerlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show. I can't tell you how many times I look at my wife and go, oh, baby, I love you so much. I'm so glad you are here. And one of the reasons why is because the last thing I want to do is go out there in that crazy dating pool. Can you imagine what that would be like? God bless anybody right now, young, middle-aged or old, who is out there in the dating pool. I just can't imagine what that show must be like. I mean, just, it's wild. Well, Lisa Anderson is with us. She is director of Boundless and Young Adults at Focus in the Family. She hosts the Boundless Show, the weekly podcast and the radio show. Lisa, welcome to the show. And thank you for coming to talk about this very subject of dating during the pandemic. Hey, it is great to be here. Thanks for having me. Sure. Okay, so you track these things. Talk about what, I can't imagine it. What has dating been like since COVID-19 hit? Yeah, so it's wild because, you know, I remember talking, you know, having conversations with my mom and, you know, in our audience, even some grandparents, where it's like, you know, I remember my mom telling me, Lisa, it shouldn't be this hard, you know, with dating. It's like, I just met dad at college and, you know, we went to some basketball games and then we got engaged and I'm like, mom, it's not like that anymore. Okay, well, now you add to that the fact that in this past year, we've had a pandemic. 
we haven't even been able to see each other, let alone date, other than you're you know doing random online stuff. And now we've got all kinds of weird parameters and tensions and things that have cropped up in the past year, whether the pandemic or, you know, issues around the election, or then we're talking about race and critical race theory. I mean, there are a number of things that we can now disagree on, let alone deciding what's important, what's not, and where do we go from here? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, Lisa, we saw that something that you talked about, which is called Fauci-ing. Now, I'd never heard about that before. That's the craziest thing. Fauci-ing? What? What? Okay, so here's the deal. So we all know that Dr. Anthony Fauci is uh, President Biden's chief medical advisor right now. Mm-hmm. And Fauciing, when you apply it to dating, uh, is basically choosing not to date someone or breaking up with someone because you feel they are not um, concerned enough or um, they're not obeying all the protocols around COVID and the necessary health measures. So whether that is they don't wear masks or they don't care about masks or they don't want to get the vaccine or they, and it's becoming this like make it or break it kind of deal breaker type thing where it's like, Hey, I don't like you because you're not taking the pandemic seriously or the flip side of that, which wouldn't be Fauci, but it's the opposite. Maybe we can coin something new is, um, you know, you're taking it too seriously or you're living in fear or you're whatever. And so it's just become this like litmus test. You know, it used to be you just had to send everyone through the five personality profiles and make sure you were compatible or whatever. But now it's like now you're making all these value judgments on things. And so, um, you know, it's, it's just kind of that's the latest. I mean, honestly, you guys, there are like three that I've heard of just in the last year, Fauci being the latest. Um, but there's a thing called apocalypse, which is kind of what? this doomsday. <laughs> it's a doomsday attitude towards dating based on and born out of the pandemic itself, itself. So kind of this idea of like, is the world coming to an end? Will the world ever return to normal? I better just date someone. Maybe I'm going to have to settle. Maybe I'm going to have to just marry the next person that comes along because I don't even know where my mm. chances will be six months from now. And so that's like crazy. Um, then there's, I mean, so now we've got those two, then we've got the phenomenon of what's called woke fishing, which if you guys know the term being woke, no. um, yes, woke, yeah, sure. yes, but not woke fishing. Okay. Okay. So woke fishing is where you are going to appear more culturally sensitive or culturally aware in order to attract people who are like, Oh, I love you because you're culturally aware, or culturally sensitive. So you may be oh a big gosh. jerk, but you're going to appear sensitive because you want to attract a oh, pool that's... of people that think you're so in the know and culturally appropriating the right things. And oh, my so, gosh. Okay. So, yeah. Lisa, I'll see your woke fishing. Uh, of a friend of my son's was dating a woman, went on a date several times. They wore their masks, but he said he really didn't know if he wanted to uh, date her further. He would decide when he could see her full nose. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, you know, that's just, that's just attraction. I mean, that's all right. <laughs> now yeah. we have to worry I about guess that. So. I know. I mean, like, like you... we were, we were always worried about attraction, but now we have all these things. And plus we need to like, you know, get our Enneagram. I mean, that's just, it's becoming yeah. a mountain too high to climb. No, I mean, it's nuts. And I'm not even kidding. I mean, you take, it's like, don't even take dating as part of it. I'm having this issue, even in my own Bible study, like where we had to have a conversation around, Okay, 
who, when we return to Bible study, are we all wearing masks? Are we okay with mm. that? Do we need to do anything else? Do we need to have some people zoom in and some people? And it became a very, you know, and then, then we had to have a whole conversation around the election. What are we going to talk about? What aren't we going to talk about? Who's oh. mad about what? Who's... So again, you sit across the table from someone that you want to date. You think you're just having coffee and all of a sudden they're making judgments about you based on um, did they wait until we got to our table to remove their mask or did they not? Or did they, you know, and it's, you know, it's exactly um, to your point, Kathy, of just, oh, my goodness. Like now, you know, I thought I just had to know their Enneagram number. I thought I needed to do a background <laughs> check. I need to make sure, like, are we even right. doctrinally on the same page? But now there's all these cultural issues that are coming into play, right. too. And um, I would say, I mean, honestly, bottom line, I think it is shining a spotlight on the fact that we as a culture and even as Christians have horrible communication and conflict skills in that we cannot bring up these things in conversation and address them rightly and kindly and just get past it without it being a humongous drama fest. Right. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but, you know, pre-social media, that, that's kind of how things were. Now, all of a sudden, you have to wear your politics or your social mm-hmm. identity on your sleeve. Uh, Lisa, I wonder, you know, p- post-pandemic, will marriage rates be plunging because no one would be able to find a suitable mate during this past year or whatnot, right? It's just too difficult to go out there and really engage honestly. Well, and statistically, they already are dropping. Um, We're seeing that happen now. And and some of that is related to the pandemic. And some of it is related to the pandemic indirectly in the sense of a lot of younger adults, for example, many were furloughed last year, many being hired in companies, maybe were on the low end of the totem pole. So they had salaries cut. They had, you know, so now what they thought was going to be their career is not. And so they're like, I need to put the brakes on anything because I can't even figure out my life. And so that's prompting a lot of fear. And I think it's one of those things where we just, you know, my poor intern um, at Boundless, you know, she was having the conversation about like, okay, so if millennials are like, they started out being the 9-11 generation, then they were the digital generation, iGen and all this. And now they're like, then there was the big bust. And of course, everyone says they're entitled. My generation, what are we, just a masked generation? Like, who cares about us? And so it's like... Yes, it is really sad. I mean, they're kind of like trying to find their identity and be like, yeah, what do we what do we do with this? And how do we even honor marriage and pursue marriage when we don't know where we're going to be in six months, you know, let alone five or 10 years? Right, right. Lisa Anderson's with us. She's director of Boundless and Young Adults at Focus on the Family and hosts the Boundless Show weekly podcast and radio show. Okay, Lisa, what about... um, and I'm only laughing because there are so many things to consider in dating. I mean, it's a shocking that anyone's getting together at all. Um, what yeah. about, you know, I see this in my friends. I see it in, my, in the friends of my kids is that I see people kind of segregating based on how, what their emotional response to COVID is. So like some yeah. people who are like super afraid to go out are like developing their own like cadre of friends and like people who are more adventurous or risk takers. Well, then they start to hang out together or, you know, people who like are, are, are willing to sit on, this was last summer are willing to sit on our front porch. Okay. Those are the people I'm going to hang out with, but people who aren't willing to sit on our front porch, we can't hang out with them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, I mean, there's some of that that's going to happen naturally just based on, you know, there are some people who have like, for example, 
Um, you know, I'm single, I have a roommate, and my roommate does caregiving. So she is literally spending her week hanging out with 90-plus-year-old women. Mm. So she has yeah. got to be careful. And I cannot be the jerk who's like, well, you know what, whatever, you just have to trust God and don't care about, you know, what the, you know, I mean, no, she has to be deferential and caring in God's love sure. for these ladies that she is with. Okay, other people have health conditions. We have to always be thinking of the other person and saying, okay, what's this about? That said, personally, we have to recognize, okay, are we personally, where, where are we in our heads? Like, are we stepping over the line? Are we trust, are we trusting God? Are we not trusting God? Where, what, you know, what source, where is this sourced out of? And just be reevaluating that. Um, but at the same time, we have to be willing to extend ourselves. And so if you have the friend who is a little bit, you know, hesitant or, or whatever, doesn't want to quite go out to the extent that you're willing to, how are you going to reach out and say, okay, what can we do together? How can we maintain our relationship? I can't just cut you off based on this. Um, we have to be willing to extend ourselves and be creative in the way we're going to get together with others, just like we're having to do, hopefully, with like church or small group. I mean, right. we can't just say, well, I'm never going to attend church the rest of my life because I can't do X, Y, Z. You know, we have to find a way to make it work. Um, but at the same time, we have to be um, you, you know, again, we have to be willing to say, okay, what does this look like? And not just yell at the other side or make, you know, the problem is, um, John, you referenced social media. We're so, we have our noses in our phones and we're reading crazy polarizing stuff that's giving mm -hmm. us opinions that may or may not be true. They're taking the humanity out of the situation and just giving us random, you know, facts, conspiracy theories, whatever, non-facts. And then we're making judgments based on that. And so we have to be careful when we when we do that and just say, you know, one, what are we filling our heads with? Two, what is the amount of time that we're spending doing this when we could be reaching out to other people and attempting relationship? And, you know, so many relationships have fallen by the wayside in the past year. And that's so sad. So we got to find a way to do this differently. I'm into that. We're talking yeah, with Lisa yeah. Anderson. She's director of Boundless and Young Adults at Focus on the Family, hosts the Boundless show, the weekly podcast, and the radio show. So, Lise, so when you're out there, you know, there you are, you're single and you're dating in the midst of all this. I mean, you, you have to feel uh, the emotion has to be up and down. I mean, do you feel despair? Do you feel joy? I mean, what is that like as you try to find a good and godly man? Yeah, so it is hard because, you know, let's be honest, I'm single. I've been in the dating pool for a while. I've done all the, you know, technology. I've done the apps <laughs> online. And, like, I'm kind of feeling that, okay, like, I didn't do so great at it pre-pandemic. So now what does the last year look like? I think a lot of people have felt very um, – it, it's just been so wacky because many of them have felt like, do, am, do I just have to put my whole dating life on hold? And then they get kind of crazy because it's like, I just lost a year of my life. You know, now am I going to make up for it? And that was like me in my 30s. You know, I was just like my 20s. I didn't know what I was doing. So then my 30s, I got all crazy and dated weirdos and stuff. So it's like, again, we can't have this scarcity mentality of like, I have to go out and just be, be desperate. At, at some point, we have to trust that God has good things for us. Um, he's still in the business of making good matches. You know, it's not, he's not wringing his hands, wondering what he's going to do with me. So we have to find ways of like, you know, online is still fine. It's a great way to meet people. You can start the conversation online and be okay with that. But eventually you have to take things, 
into real time, real space. You have to have your list together of what are your non-negotiables. They shouldn't change, you know, faith, values, character. Where's this person going in life? You know, on a more basic level, does this person have a job? You know, I mean, if they don't, probably shouldn't be dating seriously. So think through those things and don't let the clutter of everything else um, get you down. Because, at you know, anyone who's married can say, you know, get three days into marriage and you're going to find some things that you're going to have to compromise on. You're going to have to let go. You're going to have to forgive and repent. And so all of those things, we have to be able to talk them through, get past them, realize you're talking to an actual human being made in the image of God. And so be okay with that and learn to get to know them as a person and not just as a philosophy or a statistic or a conspiracy theory. That's Lisa Anderson, director of Boundless and Young Adults at Focus on the Family and the host of the Boundless Show weekly podcast and radio show. Lisa, thank you so much for being here today. Hey, absolutely. I better go find a date. Yeah. Don't do <laughs> I'll that let you know if I meet dating. anybody who'd be good for you, I promise. Stay away from that apocalypse stuff. God bless you. In 1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park, Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1335. Rack animal number 65233. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Hey, it's Laura Story here. On this upcoming summer cruise to Alaska, we will draw closer to God and each other as we share our stories, as we worship together and study God's Word. Encounter the truth-filled messages of Alistair Begg. I hope you will join us on this unforgettable Alaska cruise in 2021 by calling 855-565-5519 or visit deeperfaithcruise.com for all the details. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS, study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. If you'd like a smartphone that's really smart, Download the OnePlace.com app, the app that will inspire your faith daily and provide answers to the biggest questions of all. OnePlace lets you download your favorite pastor's programs and listen even offline or in airplane mode with easy connections to your Bluetooth speaker or dashboard. To download your free OnePlace app, visit the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store for your Android device and search for OnePlace. That's OnePlace. Today's forecast calls for clear skies, slight winds coming out of the northeast, and customized car insurance from Liberty Mutual, so you only pay 
for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu. Oh my goodness. God bless Lisa Anderson. Oh my gosh, yes. And everyone who's dating. Every last one of you is dating. I mean... I, I still can't get over the, uh, you know, the cell phone photo swiping thing, right? Oh, gosh. I mean, that whole thing. That, that's horrible. The pressure of that. I know. I mean, holy I smokes. I don't know. I, 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 I tend to resist, you know, the whole thing about if you, if, when you need to find a job, I'd always, I have much more faith in networking than I do in putting my information out on a website. Sure, of course, right. It's the same thing with dating, I, right? 100%. For the same reason. For the same reason, like. Yeah. Uh, the idea of a blind date or a computer date or You've a never even phone been date? on a blind date. I can't believe that. Never. Oh, that'd be the, the worst. That's the a worst special thing. kind of torture. You've totally oh, eked that out, I'm man. I'm so glad. Yeah. Hey, have a great night. We're on Facebook. Podcast is up and running. We'll see you tomorrow, God willing. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.